Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. You know, when you think of Vegas, you think glamour. And sometimes that means plastic surgery. And Las Vegas has a nationally renowned plastic surgeon who you will meet today. His name is Julio Garcia. And on today's show, Dr. Garcia will discuss the entire process of not only selecting a doctor, but also the thought process leading up to surgery. Also on today's program, a lot of our regulars are dropping by, including the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford, discussing the importance of knowing what all of the odds makers are saying. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here as well, continuing from last week's look at Elon Musk's boring project underneath the ground, moving guests from the convention center to the strip and back. Finally, Summer always means barbecue, so our good friend, pitmaster Mike Ross of Jesse Ray's Barbecue has a few suggestions for your next cookout. Las Vegas is a place of beautiful people. When you think of beautiful people, sometimes you think about plastic surgery. And as you think of Vegas... There is a great plastic surgeon in uh, Las Vegas, world class. His name is Dr. Julio Garcia, and he's here with us to talk about plastic surgery and so forth. And one of the things I found interesting, Dr. Garcia, is as I read through a lot of your stuff and so forth, you're not just about why somebody should do it, but maybe why they don't need to do it. And I thought that was really important because you say plastic surgery in Las Vegas is really not necessary for everyone. That's correct. I mean, it, uh, it's something that, you know, I feel very strongly that you should really decide what to do depending on the person. You know, it's not just a, you know, a hurry up and get this done to make money. That's not what this is about. I've had patients that I've turned, you know, turned away and told them to come back later. And, you know, 15, 20 years later, they show up and I go, okay, now it's time. And you see the smile on her face and they say, oh, he really did care about, you know, what he wanted to do for me. And that's always been my mantra of, you know, not just selling. This is about treating patients and treating people and being kind. And that's where, you know, I came to here in Vegas. And, you know, I got here in 1988. Since that time, it just keeps going, thank God. Well, you know, one thing when it comes to plastic surgery, and we've all seen it, some of the failures, you know, that's they have a show on that called Botched. There's a whole thing on that. Doesn't some of that come from uh, when maybe maybe some of these doctors should have said no? I, I think that's a very important point you just brought up, and I do agree that, you know, just doing something because, you know, you, you want to make money is not the right thing. You, you really need to look at the patient, examine them, discuss things with them, ask them why they want to do something and why they don't want to do something else. So this is really, you know, a, re- a relationship building first before we even decide on anything surgically. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's always occasions where some doctors will just, you know, they want to just create uh, more funding for their uh, 
lifetime practice. But, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time. I certainly have not been one of the most expensive guys in town. Um, and I just felt, you know, we should do the right thing, not not the expensive thing. Well, let's talk about some of your services. And first, it's either uh, breast enhancement or, you know, even things like liposuction, tummy tucks. Do you run into some people where you have to tell them, well, I can do some of that, but some people need to lose weight first, for example. I mean, it, you, you can't, if somebody is 100 pounds overweight, they, they can't just call you up and you remove it. If that's the case, I need to make an appointment with you real soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But, you know, you, you, you really hit it on the head. I mean, a lot of this is a conversation that I have with my patients to see what it is that they're trying to achieve and not just, you know, copy something from a magazine or, or something like that. You have to individualize it. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, trying to do, you know, a procedure just to achieve that, you know, that goal, uh, you have to really you know, discuss it with the patient. Sometimes it's, it's just liposuction. Sometimes it's not. Uh, you know, I made, a, I made an error many, many years ago when I was still in Chicago doing my training. Uh, and it was a funny story that it ended up okay, but I went in to examine a patient when I was still in my training at University of Illinois, and I started talking to this lady about her notes. And she looked at me and looked at me and finally said, well, Dr. Garcia, that's wonderful, but I'm here to have my breast augmented. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, what an idiot I was. And after that, let me tell you, I always am very careful about what is it that they want, why do they want it, you know, what brought them there. You know, you, you learn the hard way to figure these things out and do what the patient needs, not what the patient wants. Because I, I do tell patients I can't do this or I won't do this right now for you or, or even later. There's patients that come to, you know, very early uh, and they're not a good patient. And some patients are just a little too old and they expect certain miraculous changes with surgery and I can't achieve that. I'm not going to lie to them. And um, so... You know, it's, it's the old adage that I tell some of my patients. I'd, I'd rather have you walk away with no surgery and be disappointed rather than being disappointed after a surgery. Boy, I so, love that. I mean, because, yeah. you know, Doc, you must have had times where people have a hard time saying, like, it's not going to do what you want it to do. It hurts, but the truth sometimes does hurt. It, it does. And, you know, and ultimately it, it's for the best of the patient and, and the best for me to be happy and, and be able to relate to patients and discuss things with patients because part of this is the learning process. You know, I've, I've been here for, you know, since 1988, so starting my 34th year here, you know, and sooner or later I'm going to leave, you know, and retire, you know, at some point in time. I don't know when, but, you know, I, I really want to leave you know, a, a thought process in the others to say, hey, maybe we should just do it this way instead of jamming this stuff. Because some, some people are, are, you know, surgeons doing surgery for 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And, and that's just insane, you know, I think. You know, you really need to, to develop a relationship with these people and not be so concerned about how fast can you do this thing. You know, it's a matter yeah. of, of skill and, and comfort and you know, it, you got to make them happy. That's the that's the key, and, and you have a re, you got to get a relationship with people because it's just like everything in life. You need to be able to communicate, and that's one thing that has to be from the day one with the patient. Well, I was really happy to get you on because there was a couple of things. First of all, people 
talk about this. They, they think it is a, and in some cases it is, you know, just a an appearance enhancement, and that's all fine. But you got to realize you better know who's doing this because this is still real surgery. And, uh, you know, people sometimes forget that because, oh, you know, tummy tuck or, you know, it's it sounds cute. But it's surgery, right? So you got to get somebody that every single time I imagine you deal with a, with a, with a patient, you're always thinking this is real important. And, you know, we got to get this perfect because there's no room for error. That's right. You know, and, and uh, you know, you, you need to see what the patient wants, sometimes their demand is, is exorbitant. Yeah. Uh, and, and there have been a lot of patients that I say, you know what, I'm just not the right person for you. I can't, I can't make you happy. I can do the surgery maybe, but I can't make you happy because sometimes people, what they want, what they're hoping for, is just not feasible. Back with more from board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Julio Garcia in just a moment. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports Rockin' Tours, also known as Sports RACX, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. Later today on Sports Rockin' Tours, you'll meet basketball legend Spencer Haywood. His story is amazing from his days on the 1968 U.S. Olympic team in Mexico City through his year in the ABA and then his many years in the NBA. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-280-1876-800-280-1876-800-280-1876. That's 800-280-1876.
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Dr. Julio Garcia, a member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery and a member of the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. I've gone through so many changes, you know, since 1988 when you know, it was only 13 plastic surgeons in town and I was brand new. And now we've got a big group of people, a lot of doing things, people that aren't plastic surgeons doing plastic surgery. So it's become a, um, an explosion of surgery that isn't always for the right person. You know, you need to yeah. pick that person and they need to pick me. That's why I'll, I always tell patients when they come to see me, I say, you know what? I know we've had a meeting. I, what my, I would suggest that you go and, and see at least one, maybe two others, uh, doctors, take your pick, come on back, discuss this. You know, I very rarely will say yes to a patient on their first visit. You know, I try to, to tell them, listen, even if you just come back in a couple of days, I want you to think about this because this is a, sometimes a very big thing. It might be something relatively small, like say uh, an eyelid surgery compared to a tummy tuck or something like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, the reality is you have to customize it for them and what they, what they would benefit the most. You know, for example, when I do a facial procedure to make someone look younger as a female, I may do something totally different than I would for a male. Um, you know, men tend, I tend to do more neck lifts because that's where the man finds that kind of, oh, I don't like this appearance. Whereas, uh, you know, he's fine with his cheeks and things like that. The female is going to need and desire and want different things that a male wants. So you have to customize that in the world we live in, too. There's people that are, you know, having some changes, as they say. Um, and you, you have to treat them very, you know, openly and honestly to get them where they want to be. So, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating job, honestly, because it's literally from head to toe. Doctor, I, I think this is great advice, and people should listen closely. I don't care if it's a kind, whatever kind of surgery it is, whether it's intense dental surgery, through uh, anything on your body and so forth. People should, I think that's great advice. People should check out, make sure they have the rapport with you. Check a couple of doctors, make sure you're on the same team. Because again, you know, no matter what it is, there's really no room for error. We don't want mistakes or really, you don't want somebody coming back to you and saying, boy, am I disappointed? You know, and maybe just spending a little more time with this could prevent that. You know, I 100% agree. You know, I think, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I've seen what happens sometimes when, you know, a patient comes to see me and they want X and I don't want to do X. And they'll leave. They'll go somewhere else and do something either here in Las Vegas or in a different state or a different, you know, country. And then they come back with this mess. Yeah. There's something that just looks terrible. And they want me to fix it now. And now, you know, fixing is a lot harder than doing it for the first time. And it, it becomes a very, uh, very bigger kind of emotional uh, conflict for the patient because now they made a mistake uh, and they want, they have this thing that's too big or too small and they want that corrected. And, and that's why patience in making a decision is always important. You know, it's like, you know, my instructors used to tell me, you know, think three times and cut only once. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, it, it's, uh, it's something that has to, fit inside the, the surgeon's hands and that's and, and his head and that applies to both the men and the women that we have in Las Vegas 
some of them are super, super talented folks that, you know, I admire their work. And we get along. You know, there's no reason not to get along. There's no reason for some guy to try to say, hey, I'm the best in town. Because, you know what, it just doesn't go that way, at least in my book. You need to be, you know, able to, you know, coordinate with patients and, and understand them. And they got to understand me, too. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm a little... You know, one way that they thought it was going to be, and and I, and I disappoint them, and I go, well, I'm sorry, you know, but that's how I am, and uh, it's a challenge, you know, because it it's male to female, it it's you know young young kids, it's older people, you know, people ask me like, well, what's the oldest person you did surgery? And I go, well, do you mean a combined procedure or a single procedure? Because yeah. I've done procedures on people in their 80s. Uh, and people look at me, you did an 80 year old? I go, yeah, she was healthy. If they're healthy and there's all the problem, I, I've done patients with a breast augmentation and a facelift, uh, and they're 80. Let me tell you, it, you can change someone's life because their level of confidence, not their beauty, but their level of self confidence is what really changes for them. And that's what I like when I see them smile. More with renowned plastic surgeon, Dr. Julio Garcia, in just a moment. Time now to bring back your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Last week, Scott was telling us all about Elon Musk's transportation project at the Vegas Convention Center, which consists of Teslas running underground. This week, more from Robin on why this is really special. And to me, it's a PR tool. It's a way uh, to market Las Vegas, and it was fifty million bucks. So you go to New York, and you're looking at a subway that's it's fifty million dollars for six inches of tunnel. And he built this whole thing for fifty million. It it really was a great deal because it's a conversation piece. Conventioneers are going to do it. I think people are going to come just to ride this thing like it's an attraction. They're only going forty miles an hour. I think they were supposed to go over a hundred. And they were supposed to be self-driving. They're not self-driving. So some of the promises that that were made, I don't even know if they were promises. They were more like, wouldn't this be fun? Wouldn't it be fun if it was self-driving? Because Teslas can theoretically kind of self-drive. They didn't get sign off on that. Wouldn't it be great if there was 100 of these? They only got approval for 62. The drivers drive it. They are uh, very skillful. And as a fun part of their test is they got to drive backwards through the whole tunnel, no unassisted, and they got to do it within five minutes. That, that's part of the driving test because if somebody stalls out, you got to be able to get out. So you got to back your way out. It's pretty old school, but it, it's still so much fun. And a lot of the critics are, keep talking about how, you know, because the plan is to expand this across Vegas, and there's some question as to how effective this will be as mass transit, I don't think of it in that way. It's a, it's a conversation piece at the convention center. They're gonna go to Wynn, they're gonna go to Resorts World, and then we see, we'll see how it goes after that because they're gonna realize, you know, we could do buses or, you know, a train on top, you know, there's other alternatives to this wacky idea, but it's Elon Musk, that makes it 10 times cooler. I'm a big fan of all his wacky ideas. This is one of them. And they did it on time, on budget, and everybody seems happy except for the cynics. I don't listen to them. I ain't got time for that. I want to hear about things that are cool and new and fun. And I rode in this thing, and it was a hoot. It was like a, it was like a thrill ride. And it's thrilling because there was only about a foot on each side of the car, and these drivers are very skillful. But you know, 
when you're going down a tunnel that small at 40 miles an hour, your your adrenaline's pumping. And you're going to some boring convention, some concrete convention, who cares? But now you get to go in an Elon Musk tunnel, it makes it 100 times more fun. Sounds like a ride. Thanks, Scott. Please remember to visit Scott's site, VitalVegas.com, to keep up with all of the activities in and around Las Vegas. And don't forget to follow Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Hi, I'm Lisa Gay, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps, and we are chatting with Dr. Julio Garcia, who was recognized by the International Association of Plastic Surgeons as a leading physician of the world and a top plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada. I want them to smile. That's my job, is to help them smile. It's not making them look better. Because better is variable, right. you know, it varies from person. I mean, their friends may, you know, I get the usual story. Well, so-and-so's, you know, my girlfriend said, do this and do that and, and, and do this size and don't do that. I'm like, you know, they're, and they're not surgeons and they're making Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And everybody's different, right? I mean, what what would look good on one person may not look good on somebody else. It's, it's a lot of it's a matter of opinion. And I think it gets back to what you said. You got to go home and think about it because... Sometimes when you put a little thought in it and you kind of get past the excitement of, oh, you know, everybody thinks they're going to come out looking like a model. And then as you start thinking about it, well, what can I really achieve? Yeah. It's funny you say that because I've always, you know, related that to the patient that, you know, they come sometimes and and they think I'm Santa Claus and I'm just going to be able (laughs) to deliver this little package that they always wanted. You know, Santa Claus doesn't always do that, (laughs) you know, and uh, that's part of of being a surgeon and being a, a physician at the same time. You know, I mean, you can have a lot of surgeons who, who may have look at different things in a different fashion. And I think that's the important thing, having a good relationship. You know, I've been very blessed. Uh, I've had patients that, you know, um, I did the, you know, I, I, it's an operation for the mother and I did the child. And then I, I also have scenarios where, you know, I operate on a child from an injury you know, in their younger years, and they found me later on when they had babies and they had wanted to get surgery to fix the problems from having, you know, the baby right. and stretching the skin. So there's patients that I did in the emergency room at one of the hospitals here in town when they were little kids, four or five years old, and all of a sudden, 20 years later, I'm doing the tummy tuck, you know, because they had a baby. It's just, to me, when they come back and they 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 look at me and I look at them and you you see that magic where they trust you. That is just such a great feeling. Uh, I love that. I really do love that. Well, let me ask you a question as far as plastic surgery versus traditional. Does it take, you know, to be really good in your specialty, 
there's more of an artistic need, isn't there? Because you're kind of doing something, a little flair. It, it's not as obvious, say, as removing a uh, an appendix. And there's certain things you do based on what have you. But yours, it seems to me, and maybe I'm just way off, but help me understand. Does it take more of an artistic flair to do that kind of work? Well, I, I personally think it does. You know, I was I was very fortunate when I was in college. Uh, I went to Northwestern University in Evanston, uh, Illinois, and I was a I was a, a double major. I majored in biology, but I also majored in art history, and I was able to learn a lot about art and doing things and, and making it look better for that patient. And that's part of the you know the, the beauty of this is that we get to to look at the artistic thing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, it was funny because when I was learning to do all this stuff uh, back in Chicago, there's a lot of people that were getting nose surgeries, for example. And, this, you know, a couple of uh, physicians that I knew, everyone looked the same when he finished. They all looked the same. And, you know, I, it was weird because they all did look the same. Yeah. And, he, he, you know, that particular surgeon felt that that was an accomplishment. For myself... I, I've always asked the patient, you know, I want to know what you want it to look like. And I have them bring photographs of models from magazines, tell me what they look, what they like, what they don't like. You know, they always say, well, can't you do a computer graphic to show me what I'm going to look like? And I tell them, I said, listen, I, I, I go to the movies a lot. And those movies, I can't replicate what they do in movies. It's just, you know, those are computer, you know, graphic yeah. things that can be done. And I want the patient to bring me pictures of patients, of people they like and people they don't like. And then the two of us sit down and, and figure it out, saying, well, I like this, I don't like that. Now, once they teach me what they want, I can then tell them I agree or I disagree. And that's the important thing of communication with the patient, making sure that they get what they want. Because they'll sometimes ask me, well, what do you think, Dr. Garcia? I go, you know what? I'm a technician for you. You're the one that's got to think about what you know what you want done, and I'll tell you whether I'm willing to do it or not. But you know, it's it's their decision. They're the ones that are going to walk away from my you know operating suite and look better or not be happy. And that's why I try to to fulfill their hopes and dreams. When you talk about bringing in pictures and so forth. I know some of the people we talk to in the hairstyling community in town will tell you some people will come in and they'll want some particular haircut and they got to tell them that's not going to work on you for whatever reason. Do you find that too sometimes where gee that's great but the way you're built and the way you're you know just the way your skin is and so forth we're not going to be able to do exactly that you got to look elsewhere. You know it's it, you're, you're so correct in what you're saying you know and I've seen that scenario play out where someone, you know, a, a patient's head, for example, when you go see a beautician who's doing their hair, it's very important to, to gauge the shape of the person's head in terms of how the hair is going to lay on how you do it. Because sometimes, you know, you try to give someone a hairstyle and their head is a different shape, they're not going to look like they, you know, the, the pictures in the magazine. So you have to sometimes, you know, peel the person down and say, hey, Let's think about this. Let's do the right thing. And, you know, obviously there's going to be some doctors that some hairstylists that do whatever the patient wants. Um, and the patient, you know, it's, they may not get what they thought they were going to get from that photograph that they brought. They think they can all look, 
You know, it's like I remember I have very uh, wavy, curly hair. And one time, a long time ago, I forget who, who pushed me. He said, oh, you should go get your hair straightened. And I'm like, really? And I just did it on a whim, yeah. you know, just to see it. And I, I didn't, I, I was like, what? when I got done, I'm like, what have I done? I don't look <laughs> yeah. like me. I had this straight hair that just didn't fit me. And I laughed. And, I, you know, thank God it didn't last very long because of the products yeah. that the hair they used. But well, yeah. that's the whole thing you know you gotta you gotta pace yourself in what you're trying to get more with plastic surgeon dr julio garcia in just a moment how important are the different sports odds all around town we asked our wizard of odds actuary michael shackleford I know a lot of people that spend a lot of time going to every sports book to try to find one of those weird things where one has it for three points, the other has it for one, or and they're going to get in the middle somehow and double up. Is it really worth the effort to do that kind of thing? Because it seems to me these um, odds makers are pretty good when you look at it at the end of the day. No, that's definitely a viable advantage play, and I know people who do that. And there's two ways of going about it. You can look for a soft line on a major game, like say everyone is, shall we say, the New York Giants plus three, and one place has them at plus three and a half. That half point off the three is super valuable. So without knowing anything about the New York Giants, I would take that half point um, while you can. And maybe you can, maybe you can bet it the other way down the road, or, or maybe just stick with the bet but just looking for any line that is off the going market. Another angle is you can emphasize the more obscure sports like say women's college basketball. And even though the limits on those bets are smaller, lots of times the Vegas sports books will just, will throw out a bad line. And the action that the internet sports books take are, is, is, much more than they'll take here in Vegas. So they and they generally will release lines earlier. So if you see that, say, the the UNLV women's um, basketball team is at this line and offshore, it's this, and you can get a much better price here. Bet it, and you don't need to know a darn thing about the UNLV women's basketball team. Just bet any soft line. Thanks, Michael. Remember to check out Michael at his website wizardofodds.com. Make sure to listen to Sports Rockin' Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. And if they don't have it in your market, you can always listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look for Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. 
Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Julio Garcia, who says that the more you understand about each plastic surgery procedure, the better prepared you will be to make the right decisions for you. And this is what you're talking about with thinking about it. I mean, we I had some people, friends of mine, who got into the Paris Hilton look, and it's like, you know, she's got a certain building. So you can't do that. And, you know, there's no diet in the world going to allow you to look like exactly like her, you know. Exactly. Go within your strengths, whatever those are. Yeah. And, you know, you know capitalize on what you can and hide what you can and try to be happy. That's the key, you know. It, you can't, I, you know, I wish I looked like some of these, you know, guys on TV that do movies that are all, you know, buffed up and huge and all this stuff. And we all know that a lot of these guys are taking, you know, medications to make them look big, bigger and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a fake. You know, you see, all, you see him in a different movie that looks, you know, totally like, oh, boy, that's, you know. So you got to be comfortable with yourself before you can do anything that, you know, for someone yeah. else. Exactly. You know, one other thing I want to talk about, too, we've spent a lot of time because people are interested in, you know, beauty enhancements and so forth. But a lot of your business also is taking care of birth birth defects, different things that have been uh, that are just problems that you're born with or whatever. Or somebody getting an accident. It's And boy, is that an important part of that business. And it's really can talk about the quality of life people can live based on what you can do. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I was only here in Vegas about six months, and I was at uh, the hospital there. On, I don't want to use the hospital's name, but uh, one of the larger hospitals in town back in 1988. And I walk into the operating room, and the nurse is there, and the anesthesia doctor's there, and I'm starting to do surgery for a cleft lip on a child. And we use all these special, you know, devices to hold the patient, baby, and you know, in the right position and stuff. And I start uh, fixing his lip. And um, the the nurse in the operating room says, "You know, Doctor Garcia, I've never seen an orthopedic surgeon do a cleft lip repair." I looked at her. I said, "Why are you saying that?" She says, "I thought you were an orthopedic surgeon." <laughs> I wow. guess I looked yeah. like an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> so, you know, I've done did. I've done, you know, kids that have, you know, fingers that are not, you know, they have too many big fingers or toes right. or whatever and do that and, and congenital problems. You know, it, I do, I don't do that much of that stuff anymore because there's other young surgeons that really enjoy doing that as well. But I've, you know, I've taken care of cowboy guys that, you know, rip their fingers off and, you know, in a competition when that rope rips on their fingers. And, you know, I've, a uh, long, long time ago, you probably weren't here, but there were these guys that had these wild animals in their uh, displays on the strip. And these animals got, you know, bit some of these guys. And I, I you know, sewed them up, uh, sewed them, you know, just to fix them up from animal bites. Uh, they had, you know, tiger bites and yeah. all these weird things that you, you sit there 
And it was, it's been a great ride for me to being able to experience taking care of patients with, from weird places on their body. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Dr. Garcia, you've got people that come from not just Las Vegas. You certainly have a lot there, but you can tell people come from all over, and uh, that has to be a real tribute. You must feel good about that, the fact that somebody would uh, would make a trip out. That that says something about you, and, I, and I, I, it's like anything else, I guess. It must feel good to be at the top of your game. Not that you're competing with anyone, but it just must feel good, I, I would imagine, from the point of view. Like, you get into this business to be... Uh, honored that way with people that'll come from miles and in countries and so forth away uh, has to feel like wow I'm really accomplishing something here. No, and I do. You know, I feel happy because I see them smile and be happy, and, and that's really the end game. You know, if if I if I can do what they want me to make them look like a certain way, and I can achieve that, and they smile, uh, and they're from all over the world. You know, I think that's great. You know, I mean, I've they send me gifts. It's it's so weird, you know. These people are thousands of miles away, and they send me gifts, <laughs> and it, it's amazing, you know. And I I feel honored to have people from far away that have chosen to to come and see me, and it, it it's been a great thing. I've learned so much from you know people in all different parts of the world that I went to do, to work on, and they came uh, likewise to see me, and it's it's been a great ride, I have to say. Well, if you're listening to this and you're saying, hey, I'd like to run some ideas past Dr. Garcia, you can. Uh, doctor, give us the, uh, if you would please, your website and so forth. So if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Well, best way, uh, my, my name is Julio Garcia, MD. Uh, the uh, website is uh, lvcosmeticsurgery.com. And uh, we're here on the west side of town, on uh, just off the highway. Um, and we're in a new office just a, a year ago and happy to be there. Nice, bright place. And we do a lot of other things besides cosmetic surgery. So uh, we'll always have a surprise for you when you come to see us because I'll, I'll be doing something new and different, too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm always trying to, to learn and teach my, myself new things to get better. And uh, I welcome you all. If anyone that's got any questions, please call us. The, the number is 702 Seven zero 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 five eight. My staff is here to answer your questions, and then if you want to come in and see me, that's what we do here: is uh, help you figure it out. Doctor Julio Garcia, thank you so much. Great, uh, great meeting you today, and uh, best of luck as uh, the years move on. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for the kind words and the time. I really had a great time with you. It is summertime, and that means barbecues and smokers are active all over the nation. So we've invited back one of the great pitmasters in America, Mike Ross of Jesse Ray's Barbecue, to advise us on how to prepare our meats. Let's start with the ribs. Yeah, so the um, the ribs that we do, pretty pretty fun method is called. They call it the three two one method, um, which is um, three hours in the smoke, two hours wrapped up, and then an hour back in the smoke. So if, if you stick to that method right there, um, it's really hard to mess up rib. When so we'll do we'll do three hours in the, on the smoker, and then when they're when they got a nice bark on them, we take them and we wrap them up and we wrap them um, with apple juice 
and a little honey and butter, and we wrap and make this mixture up, and then we pour it in, pour it in the in the foil wrap, right? And then we um, then we co- uh, finish cooking it the rest of the way, and um, it, you know it could really really makes a good rich delicious rib with all that butter, and then we wrap it up really tight. So it doesn't steam it, you know, you just want to really help the cooking process. You don't want to steam it. It's very important. You have to wrap up really tight when you wrap up ribs. A lot of people have trouble with chicken, surprisingly. Uh, you know, yeah. it just seems, it, it, what, are the, what are we doing wrong and what, what, what do we yeah. do to fix it? There's a, a number of different ways to do, um, to do chicken correctly. And it all depends, again, on what type of chicken that you're using. So... Um, if we're talking about boneless, skinless thighs, which are very popular right now, a lot of people just do boneless, skinless thighs now. Uh, you just grill them at a hot heat or even smoke them at a hot heat, 325 degrees with your favorite rub on them. You get a nice, big, nice, good bark on each side, and mm-hmm. they're just basically grilled. And they, uh, they're amazing to me. That's probably my favorite way to do chicken. So if we're doing more like uh, legs, yeah. uh, bone-in legs or quarters, and you want to do more of a smoking process, the, the temperature is going to be super important because there's a layer of fat on the back of the, of the skin, right? And this is your problem is this layer of fat in the back of the skin. That's what hardens up um, if you cook it at a slow heat with the smoke. Um, so, in the, again, going back to the competition world, what we used to do is we take the skin off the chicken and then we scrape that layer of fat off every piece of chicken. It was so annoying and gross. And then you wrap the chicken back up in it, and then it, then you get a real crispy skin because that that's that that fat's not on it anymore, right? Right, right. So we used to do that, but I don't expect everyone to do that. But you know, if you ever wanted to try it, and you can. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we what we do is is that we cook it at a extremely high heat. So if we're doing quarters, um, 300, 350 degrees is your is your best your best heat for chicken, 325, 350. If you cook your chicken at that temperature the whole way, you're going to have a great product. Thanks, Mike. When you're in Vegas, make sure to visit Jesse Ray's. It's just a stone's throw away from Malegian Stadium. And you mentioned Vegas never sleeps. And guess what? They're going to take 20% from your bill. What a deal. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, Go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rockin' Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rockin' Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Match reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go!